After a harrowing story in last week's episode of False Police Reports, some of us are taking a moment to reflect. Alas, the seat, nay, the couch cannot be empty. We're joined by Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal, and you're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by PT's most favored patron, Kevin Greck, and the notably absent, Alex Plum. Uh, And I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was recounting to someone the places that we went the last night, and I had forgotten about the shot wheel. How can you? How could you ever forget about the shot wheel? Come on, man. Come on, it's man. Because, the shot was, wheel it, makes the whole thing. It was overshadowed by the joy of what's new pussycats uh, at Crunchy's. So sorry to the wedding party uh, that was there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, listeners, uh, Mr. Yes. Alex Plum couldn't make it today. He's still in recovery from his long bachelor weekend. <laughs> He will be missed, uh, and but we thank you all for showing up and listening to the podcast. Uh, if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter, at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, Greg, we're going to have Graham Couch on here in a second. And then uh, my guess is we're going to talk about the only off-Grand River topic that there's worth talking about, which is Jim Harbaugh. And then uh, we're going to take some Twitter questions. So should we bring on Gar- Graham? Let us. All right. We're thrilled to welcome back to the show, Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal and, of course, Couch in the Rube podcast. Graham, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be here. It feels like it's been a while and I thought I was kind of offended. Uh, well, you don't need to lock things off. This isn't that good. <laughs> actually, Graham, you're now our third. You're our first returning guest for a third time. This is new ground that we've broken just now. And there's going to be three or four very sad folks out there uh, <laughs> and just clamoring to get into the Graham couch club, the, well, tr- I, the, the, the rule of three club. Then I take it back. I'm, this is quite an honor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obviously uh, we, um, everyone wants to talk hockey. So let's talk some hockey uh, right now. Yep. Uh, uh, well, so you recently went on a vacation, right? So you've not uh, you've not chatted with Mel in a second. Is am I am I coming from the right standpoint? Well, no, I actually uh, talked to Mel Tucker uh, today. Uh, we're Say everything. So um, so I, I have talked to him recently. Um, it's for a, uh, a column that I'm writing uh, for this for this Sunday. Um, but yes, I have talked to him. But I, I can share uh, I can some of those some of that stuff. Um, we're going to uh, podcast title breaking news yeah, straight yeah. from Mel Tucker's <laughs> mouth. Uh, well, so we wanted to kind of chat about some of the things he's been talking about and, and this would actually be really interesting to get the comparison. Uh, the, so we we were a little bit, uh, surprised his most recent press availability. He got heated uh, a couple times, but one of the things that he seemed to have the most conviction about in a positive way was two things. One kicking weirdly seemed pretty certain they were going to be much better than last year, which obviously it cost us a bowl game. Uh, and then also team chemistry. Uh, and he's not the only one who's talked about that. Do you get a sense of uh, 
truly are those the two things he's most excited about? I have not heard that about the kicking. I think that's the only time he's brought it up was the time I was born. But um, and and kicking is one of those things too, where as great as it looks in practice, it's I mean it's just such a position that, that it's based on pressure and how people handle it and and confidence and uh, so I think it's a see it where you believe it or see it to believe it sort of thing. I I do think what's interesting about like this team for all the depth and um, improved talent they have there are two things that could sort of sink them. And one of them is kicking because I don't think their margin for error is that big. The other is quarterback play, which we just don't know what they're, how good they're going to be early on or how ready those guys are going to be. And I think the, the odds are pretty decent that they'll emerge with a functional quarterback out of that, the group they have, but you know, none of these guys have, have started games at this level. There could be some hiccups and big moments or things like that games. They might not have lost if those guys were more experienced and, um, and so, you know, because I, I always think of the 2016 team, which as bad as things were and as poorly as as much as things went off the rails, if they had just had competent quarterback play, they're six and six. Right. So, like, you can that can make a huge difference to everything. Uh, the team chemistry, there's no question. He's, he brings it up constantly. Um, I think there is um, there's been a real um, focus on that. And a lot of what's happened has been intentional because they realized it wasn't always great last year. But I also think one of the things he talked about with me today is that those guys, I mean, Peyton Thorne said to him last year when I think it was the Minnesota game where they got booed after the first series. And he came over a little wide eyed and said, I've, I've never been booed here before. Like it was just a, a new thing. You're, you're a college kid. You've never been booed in your own stadium. And I think mm-hmm. the whole experience for a lot of those guys to sort of see their world turn on them a little bit was uh, was tough because keep in mind the year before that they played with no fans and very few expectations. Then they had this sort of charmed year and then they go through last year. So a lot of those guys hadn't dealt with sort of the negativity that can come with, with struggle. Yeah. I definitely didn't boo them in that Minnesota game. They weren't terrible and didn't deserve every bit of it. Um, <laughs> I was having a very normal day that day. Uh that's 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 fascinating. I mean, they. I think Dylan Tatum also talked about the locker room, uh, and we've had some fun with how that locker room may progress over time. But like uh, that, all being in the same room, and they weren't able to do that last year, and that maybe some of the transfers didn't quite mesh the same way. Um, yeah, I, I think a couple things there. One, I think they've done a better job. It the, the transfer portal is a hard thing to recruit because it's a very fast recruiting process, and right. you don't have time to fully evaluate people as well as you might in, in the regular high school recruiting process, whether you really want somebody. And I think, you know, obviously Kenneth Walker, they struck gold and they've had some really good experience with the transfers, but it can be a little more, more hit and miss. But I do think, you know, I didn't, I actually heard you guys talking about it and I, I hadn't thought about that locker room last year is a reason for that, but you can see how it would be. I mean, it was a strange deal. They were walking across, you know, the field from the, the football complex over to the stadium to go to their own locker room. It was kind of a, a disjointed ex- existence and um, it probably didn't lead to as much camaraderie and, and, um, and I mean, surely in a, in a season where things aren't going right either, that, that yeah. stuff's more needed. Yeah. Real, I, I don't think we were going to talk about this, but related to this topic, um, it looks like it's going to be another small recruiting class this year, or at least it's kind of the tea leaves seem to indicate that. I don't know if Tucker said that explicitly, but does that mean that 
big portions of the incoming group of guys are going to come from the the transfer portal just like that's just the new reality of this team and if so is that intentional or is that just sort of tuck adjusting to the realities of college football right now so one of the things he did talk about and has talked about in other times is the idea that he that he understands there's a level they have to recruit to to meet expectations for what people want mm-hmm. there and so you, you chase sort of the big fish and uh, you know in, in, and i think you do that sometimes losing out on some other guys that you may be interested in and if you don't get the guys you want, if you finish second too often or whatever, you wind up filling spots with, with, with portal guys if need be. I think it's not ideal, but I think he's comfortable doing that because he uh, he, saw, he has a very clear understanding of the level of player they have to have for what he thinks needs to happen. And I think one of the hardest things for, um, and even for people who cover the team, who cover the D'Antonio era, who people watch the D'Antonio era as fans, is the it seemed like they got they overachieved they got the most out of the the guys they had and and didn't always have the great classes and yet could beat ohio state could play at the the highest level had a team probably a couple teams maybe capable of winning a national title in 2013 and 14 if the structure had been had been different and i i don't i mean that's just a really hard thing to do i don't think in some ways that it happened that way um makes it more difficult, but I don't think Tucker thinks it can really be done that way. He thinks you've got to have an elevated level of recruit and, and that's what they're trying to get. And, and, and if it means the class is smaller and, until it happens um, or doesn't, then, then so be it. Can we use that as like a barometer then class size kind of indicates Tucker's okay. level of. Okay. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah, no, I mean, I think there's something to that. I mean, if, 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 you know, he would happily have, they certainly had enough offers out there to have a bigger class than they have for sure now. Yeah. And so if they had gotten more of those guys, they'd, they'd have it. I guess that's, I mean, for as much as you might hit on some guy that, that wasn't projected right to be a, a stud, um, the math probably does suggest that if, it's not someone Tucker's willing to take out of high school, then you might be better off just getting someone who's already got a D one body from a power five conference and plugging them in to fill that hole until you can get the guys out of high school. Yeah. I, it's I not think fun. it's fun. I don't no, like the narrative. It's a difficult spot. And you know, and they're in a, and they're in a world right now where, you know, it, it's very different than what D'Antonio experienced with NIL and just sort of the forces in the business that they're dealing with. Right. I mean, I, I can only imagine D'Antonio in his peak dealing with NIL. It would have gone horribly. He would have been so ticked off. And uh, I bet you he looks so happy right now because he doesn't have to deal with NIL. Yeah, correct, correct. We, we had a we had a listener on our, our podcast the other day suggest that D'Antonio knew COVID was coming, and that's why I retired. And, and <laughs> <laughs> if, if yeah, and that would be actually be funny if late years from now we found out that was the reason he was watching enough cable news or was plugged in to like. <laughs> Things that were happening in China were like, this is this is too much. I'm out, you know. <laughs> he was doing the research on gain of function, and he was like, I don't know about all of this stuff. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. So the, the next thing we wanted to ask you about was, um, I guess, 
we've seen that we saw this in the D'Antonio years too. I, I, uh, what was it? 2012, I think where they went seven and six, uh, and they lost like every game by a touchdown or less. Um, and so I, I think what we're hoping for as fans is that the wins and losses don't totally matter. We want to see a more competitive product on the field. Uh, do you, do you get the sense chatting with staff that they, they think they might be closer to being competitive across the board, not getting trucked by Ohio state? That's, that's a good question. I, I don't know that they know. I think they're hopeful. I think they know they have more depth. Um, they learned some things from last year about at all costs, you have to have a roster that is in better health. You can't go through a spring practice where you've got five healthy offensive linemen and you're bringing walk-ons from the defensive line. You just can't build a good offensive line that way. It, it's um, And, you know, you don't want to be as reliant as they were on a guy like Xavier Henderson. I you know, I also think in, in – the, the I mean, if if you lose Jacob Slade, Xavier Henderson, Darius Snow in one game, yeah, again, th- that they're aware yeah. that they're just that if that happened again, they're still in trouble a little bit. Like they just they they can't have that sort of luck right out of the gate. Um, but I do think they think they're better up front. And, and Tucker said today, he said repeatedly the the idea that he thinks that that different defensive front is is has got the goods, and he's curious to see them. I don't know all who's been nicked up in practice, but I think that was part of his aggravation a week ago. And yeah. I think that's still part of his, he wants to get his guys healthy to the finish line of the opener and, and see what he has and, 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 and have a chance to, to see if they do have the depth. And, and if they're good at the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, I mean, they'll just, they'll be okay. I mean, I don't know what that season looks like. I don't know what okay looks like, but it won't be ugly. And and I think and that that gives, you know, a young quarterback a chance. That gives guys who have never been the one number one receiver a chance. That gives it a lot of new pieces that are intriguing but aren't proven a, a chance to, to have a season, whereas if you're losing up front, it, it just it becomes difficult. It was interesting in his recent press availability that he, he seemed most heated about the running the ball in in two ways, both, um, you know, on offense being able to run the ball, and it actually seemed very aggravated uh, at some of the coverage historically of this that a lot of O line blaming, um, and he thought it seemed like blame would go was more shared than that, but then also not being able to stop the run, and that I was a little concerned that he was calling that out because. Um, that doesn't bode well if you're Michigan State, but yeah, and, and it was I a don't bad know. Day in practice. Yeah, he's had a couple of those, and I don't know how much he was trying to motivate his team and and uh, or, or get them. You know, I don't know how often he speaks to them through the media. I don't sense he does through that the a lot. There are coaches who do that. I don't sense that he's one of them. Um, yeah, and so I I don't know that that's ever what he's doing, which is probably more more concerning than if. if Look, I, the, the offensive line thing, and, and it is true. I, I think they've had some running backs, especially last year and a couple of years yeah. ago, that aren't great, missed holes. There are lots of things, you know, a lot of yards left on the field. But you're also talking about a program that hasn't had a decent offensive line that could get a push really since 2015. A little in 2016, as bad as they were, they had some of that that was okay at times. But even in 2017, they couldn't move Bowling Green, and they won. 10 games. I mean, they, they haven't had a line that could really do anything in a long time. 
And so there's, it may take a while for people to see the difference. And maybe there is sometimes where the line hasn't been as bad as, is. but the bottom line is they haven't been able to run the ball and they certainly haven't been blowing anybody off the ball. So, uh, you know, maybe, it, maybe the blame isn't shared enough, but uh, the offensive line has not been something that has been notably good. Yeah, after last year's Akron so, blowout, we we were like, yeah, but they couldn't get two yards against Akron when they yeah. needed it. It's not good. So if I'm reading the tea leaves, we have a head coach that's concerned about running the ball, concerned about stopping the ball, but thinks that kicking will be better. So I'm hearing take the over on wins this year uh, for MSU's total. Like this might be a Rose Bowl season, basically, is my takeaway from all of this. <laughs> Nothing to That's be a... concerned about. Nothing to see here. You know, if, there, if there's a game. yeah, if there's a positive in the tea leaves, I would say it is this: there is zero bravado, and relative mm. to like a year ago. A year ago, I mean, I I read back the story I wrote on Tucker, and I can't, I can't remember when in this when I sat down with him, but about going going into the year, and it was you know him being in a hurry to, to get to a championship. Why wait for the national title? It was even he, somebody with all the experience he has and understanding what it takes to win, having been at Georgia and Alabama and in Ohio state got caught up in it, even though yeah. he didn't have the, didn't have the horses last year or uh, was going to need things to go perfectly. And, um, you know, I don't think he was proclaiming that they were going to be great, but he was, you know, probably should have been a little more cautious. I think, you know, I think he, I mean, I, I think what, what they all experienced last year was, you know, jarred everybody in, in that program. And, and it's, you know, um, they, they, they don't want to go through it again. And um, I, I think there was, there's a lot of frustration. And, and I think until it doesn't happen, there's probably a little bit of, uh, of fear, not knowing if you're, how much better you are until you see it. Wait, so, uh kind of on that point, you know, I think it's easy for, because there's so many unknowns about this team that to, to sort of be a bit more critical, a bit more negative, right? Because there's unproven production. So I am curious if MSU outperforms and not by a small amount, that this is a substantially better season than maybe you would have anticipated. What is it that you think you wouldn't have seen coming that would contribute to that? Well, it would help if they've just got a lights out quarterback. You know, sure. Somebody who's just ahead of schedule, a young guy. You, you know, even if even if they've got a guy who grows into the season and, you know, they, they, they lose to Washington or Maryland and, and he's, you know, just not great yet, but you know, by by late October you're really starting to see it, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, that that could change things. There's a lot of talk about, you know, Nate Carter and if they have a running back is a real difference maker. Um, but I, I really think, you know, you go back to the the 2018 D'Antonio team that for a while had zero offense. They had a quarterback without a shoulder. I mean, they, they were, they were and, and they were, I mean, they were, it was like seven, seven with Michigan and Ohio state in the third, fourth quarters. I mean, th that defense was incredible. And, but it was incredible up front. And so if they can be really good up front, um, I think that I think they'll be fine at the linebacker position. They've got talent in the secondary. It's just, it's, it's a lot of young guys are unproven, a lot of them together. Um, so I, I think if they're really good up front defensively, 
and then they want I wind up having you know they and the, the big thing is one of the things that Mel Tucker said early on that that's always stuck with me is to get anywhere real you have to have three or four difference makers on both sides of the ball mm-hmm. and so do you start to see those guys they today you know Ted Gilmer uh, was talking a lot about Malik Carr and his journey and where he is and how happy they are with him, that he's finally sort of accepted that he's a tight end and, um, and in that relationship. And, you know, he is clearly the guy now among the tight ends. And so does he finally have the year where he looks like an NFL player and he's a real, a real problem for teams and is a, is a matchup. He's a 270 pound man who can run like, he has a chance to be a real problem. Like they need, they need that. Six seven now too. That's insane. Yeah. No, it's that's maybe maybe is a lot to take another stab at him. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to six nine. He has to play basketball. That's the rule. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I think those are the things. Though you know, are there are there young playmakers or playmakers that are you know that, that's the thing about a team that's unknown is there are things that are unknown. There's as much reason for hope as pessimism. You heard it here. There are some guys on you, you have heard it here. You there are some guys on this team that we we do know. One of which you just wrote a column about, Windeman. Um, but he represents kind of those guys that spent some time away from the team last year, to speak euphemistically. Looking at the roster when it came out, I was struck by how many of those guys that were involved in the tunnel incident are still on the team. It's almost all of them, save for Tank Brown. Did that surprise you that they're all still with the program, basically? The the Kari Crump is still there originally. I mean if you would yeah. ask me in November of last year would he still be on the team, that would have surprised me. Um but I don't I don't think so. Uh other than him a little bit. Because you know, I, I think Michigan State felt like they were left a little bit on an island with those guys. They didn't very little guidance from the Big Ten. They weren't allowed to mm-hmm. talk to them. I think they they thought overblown is a dangerous word with that because it's not that swinging a helmet in a tunnel is not serious stuff, and there wasn't some stuff that, that that's serious. But um, I I think at a certain point they weren't going to just leave those guys you know hanging out to dry for PR. And and they yeah. thought you know those guys are good kids. This is where they are. They're taking a pretty massive punishment and hit to their reputations. I mean, there was there were pretty severe consequences to a lot of those kids. And yeah, so just booting them from the program to help and and you know it's, it's when you have that, it's a hard it's then hard to transfer, right? Because your reputation's a little in tatters. Anybody anywhere you go, people are going to go, "Why'd you take that kid?" And um, so I think they just knew those guys and, and, and felt comfortable with it. I, I, so basically, to answer your question, I was a little surprised with Crump just because I remember when it happened, thinking there's just no way. Um, yeah, uh, we we were on the record here, same thing. But the other guys, I, I'm not as not as surprised. And I think with, with Winman, it, it it was a, it was a situation where you know he looked at the the NFL and they they took him through that process, but he really didn't want. I mean, to, to go first of all, he's not a surefire NFL guy. He's a guy who, if he gets a great year at linebacker, his natural position, maybe he gets a, a decent look. But he wants to put his best foot forward. And then, can you just imagine that if that's your last game and the character questions and go through that process? It didn't for him. It made no sense right. to to leave either. So we can expect this very nuanced take, and we can expect that 
when Joel Klatt's in the booth on October 21st looking for something to talk about. He'll probably have a similarly nuanced take about about everything, probably, likely, now. Yeah. Is it, is that, a, is that a night game? Is it a, is it a Fox game or is it an NBC game? Oh, yeah. Fox, if it's not oh, Big that's Noon. that's right. If it's, it's not, not Big, big Noon. noon that's cool. right. Yeah. I just assumed it'd be Big Noon, but if it's a night game, it'll be an NBC game, won't it? Yeah. Shucks. <laughs> miss out. Uh, what an opportunity we could have had to hear from Joel with his giant ties, like from 2004. They're like the size of his whole head. Whatever. Anyway. Um, anyway. Uh, I just, it's been interesting to me watching that whole, that whole process. And um, I think it's credit due to the, to the program, right? That the program took a reputational hit to stick by those guys. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think sometimes good leadership is not doing what's easy in the moment and popular. And, and that doesn't always mean it's the right decision to stick by everybody. You know, I mean, I'm not sure if, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got Lawrence Phillips on your team, you know, it's, it's time to move on that sort of thing. But uh um, that reference may date a lot of listeners, but at the, um, does it, do you guys know who Lawrence Phillips is? Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the greatest college running back ever to step foot in Spartan stadium. And was yeah, on the Nebraska I do not team, know. Was on the Nebraska team that won 50 to 10 at Spartan stadium to open up the Knicks Saban era. And uh, the third string mm-hmm. running back on that team was Amon green. That gives you an idea how talented they were. So, okay. Anyway, but, yeah. But, but Lawrence Phillips later on, uh, after many abusive issues, killed his cellmate and then died in jail. So there, there, lots of things went wrong in his life. But um, yeah, I'm if you can fix that, in post, maybe you can just take that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I I didn't know about this. Uh, yeah. All right, that's fair. That's it. That's actually a great reference. People should know yeah, that reference. Useful history lessons <laughs> for all of us. Yeah. Uh let's uh if we can't you know we'd we'd be silly to not talk quarterback um i are you i think though that we waited this long like do we get credit for that for not just leading with quarterback like we you probably lost we ate our vegetables first (laughs) (laughs) uh you know i'm struck by seemingly how uh at least the 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 dudes who are left anyway seem to be in a good spirited competition. Um, and, but we're certainly uh, left with Noah Kim, who wasn't super highly recruited out of high school. Uh, and then, you know, everyone's uh, on, on Twitter's favorite, favorite quarterback choice, Kaden Hauser. Um, and then Sam Levitt, who they continue to reference in, in, press conferences though I don't I would be shocked to find out that Sam Levitt's really meaningfully in the mix um do you I I guess do you think that they feel like they're in at least a halfway decent position with whomever wins the job um and then do you do you have a guess I know they're not telling you but do you have a guess Uh, you know they don't sound concerned about it um that you know I I think my guess is Noah Kim starts the opener. That doesn't mean he's necessarily been ahead of Kate Hauser and they're, you know, your little things that who wins what scrimmage and all that stuff. And I, you know, I don't know what's what I'm not at the scrimmages, but I do think that I would be surprised if I had to guess 
I would guess they start Noah Kim. He's a guy who's waited his turn. And if 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 he is if it's close, if he's in the mix, it would it would be kind of weird to jump him after you know and jump over him. I do think Kate and there will be I've gotta think they'd like to play Kate and Hauser. Sure. Or Noah Kim, the other guy. Especially in those first two games. And maybe not I'm not just talking at garbage time. I wouldn't be surprised if they right. had like series planned. Because what you really want in some ways is because as good as somebody can be in, in preseason camp. The games are different, and you want it to play out a little bit on that stage, because it becomes obvious to everyone, and and or usually does. And, and I guess that they're both good or they're both struggling. It doesn't, but um, so I, I, you know, my guess is Noah Kim starts is taking the first snap against Central Michigan, um, and you know, I, I think one you you talk about the the idea that it's sort of this cordial quarterback room where they're you know, seem to be in a good place. I think they all see the opening, which is part of it. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, Peyton Thorne. Didn't see an opening. Well, no, I, I think, you know, he might have very well won the job uh, because he may have been the better guy. I I think the problem is, was he the better guy because he had 26 starts or was he the better guy because he was the better guy? And at a certain point, you don't get to just keep being the quarterback because you got there first. And so, mm-hmm. and the other guy, you can't recruit these guys. Like, Kaden Hauser and Sam Levitt are two of the bigger recruits they've landed. You, 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 right. can't, you can't keep landing those guys if you're not offering them an open competition. If you're not off, and, and mm-hmm. how it was communicated to Peyton Thorne may have not been ideal. Um, but ultimately, the, Peyton Thorne has not done enough there to just be sort of assumed as the starter, um, you know, and as, as Mel Tucker put it to me, he goes, it's not like we signed Aaron Rodgers and everybody knows that's the guy. Like, you know, it's just, it's, right. we're, he goes, you know, he said, we're not at that place right now. And, and, you know, he was talking about at Georgia, they had, you know, they brought in the, the top quarterback, I think three straight years. And one of the years, Justin Fields transferred because he didn't win the, and that's just what it is. And, and that's, right. you know, every, at every position. So I think that's a little, you know, different than, um, you know, I, I think, I think for Peyton Thorne, and this is just from conversations I've had with people around him and just, you know, he was not a Mel Tucker recruit. He was a guy who mm-hmm. they brought in Anthony Russo to probably start over him. And he won that job anyway, and had a good year. And, and, uh, you know, I think he had a good relationship with, with, with Tucker for the, for the time he was there. Um, and then the guys that, Tucker brings in are supposedly in an open competition with them. And he feels like he's done a lot to, to not have it framed that way. And then you get a program like Auburn that, you know, wants you. And it's a program that says, we want you here. And, and I think he looked at the competition down there and knew, and knew he'd, he'd have a pretty decent shot. So, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm as curious as everybody to see what this looks like. I've seen a lot of touted quarterbacks not be ready. Uh, I've seen, you know, at Michigan state, the most heralded guy never wins the job. And uh, that's just sort of the history of it, which is weird. I mean, it's kind of so. At some point, the most heralded guys got to win the job. It would just seem like the odds on that some one of these guys is going to be good eventually. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I, my guess is Noah Kim's under center, uh, and Kaden Hauser plays and uh, plays real snaps, and and we start to see it play out that way. And and then you know by wa- I mean the, the gauntlet of, in the September of Washington, Maryland, Iowa. 
will tell you everything whether you got a quarterback which and I think I think there's just there's so it's there's likely to be some separation at that point yeah. the the Maryland gauntlet as it's known um <laughs> Drew Stanton Drew Stanton the last time the guy got the job I would say probably right is that fair it was the, the has there the, been the, another guy like yeah well I mean Jeff Smoker was but he beat out another guy who had Van Dyke who had, you know um, right. before that but uh yeah there's not been um you know i mean keith nichols a great example damian terry messiah de weaver it goes on and on the, the guys who didn't didn't do it and, and andrew damian terry uh, is the ultimate yeah. in one of these like the guy that had the most like you know recruiting buzz to actually what we saw on the field like like the student section clamoring for him is changing his name. Basically, like, yeah. I mean, I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. It was it was based on nothing, and that's. I mean, it's 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 a good example though, right? Because mm-hmm. all of it is based on nothing. Like the the Caton Hauser buzz, he's a heck of a recruit, and he may turn out to be a wonderful quarterback, but it's it's largely based on nothing, and and that's just um, something to remember. Just to put a button on this in your show, couch in the room. Everyone should listen to it. On Sunday, you suggested you thought you could handle this situation better, the communication between the three and maybe Peyton Thorne wouldn't transfer. In these conversations with Mel Tucker, did you suggest that to him? Did I did you, not. Did you have, <laughs> just that up. He was not, you know, he, I think he had had a, I don't want to say a rough practice today, but he, he was he was in a, um, he, he was really good in our interview, but he was not in the, the, I wouldn't say the best mood when it started. So I was not, I didn't want to lead. With not it. a good time. Yeah. I was like, not a good time to bring it up. this is how I would have handled it. Okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> I got some notes, coach. Yeah. 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 Is uh, it would just show up from nowhere and be like, don't coach his team. And that would be the end of it. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think if we can indulge us, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, chat on your pod about the the Harbaugh news, um, but we were we were doing a little tinfoil uh, action here that if the suspension um, broke down at uh, four games because it seems that the infractions committee maybe wanted more than that, um, that is it not smart to self impose a three game suspension so that even if they give you more games you have to take them next year during your non-conference portion of the season. So instead of yeah, taking five they now. They play somebody legitimate next year's non-conference, don't they? No. What? Really? I haven't looked at the schedule, but that's impossible. I think they play Texas or somebody next year. That's yeah. going to get canceled. That's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Because I, I think Harbaugh is uh, really annoyed by all of it. And I don't know if he'll look at this as the school not backing him. And I mean, I still think if, if there's an NFL opportunity at the end of this year, he's likely to take it, but that's based on just my own, you know, know, I don't know, reading that he's done it twice. Now he's tried to go desperately. And there's, you know, there's reporting that he does want to try to win a Super Bowl, And I also think he's done a pretty decent job of Michigan of getting them where he said, he yeah. was supposed to. I mean, that, that program's in a really good place. I also think this is maybe the best team they'll have for a little while too, and so it, it's it's not a bad time to. Um, if he gets them, like if they win a third straight Big Ten title, and he gets them to a third straight playoff, like that's that's a pretty that's a 
pretty decent legacy and a pretty, uh, the program's in a pretty solid place. Um, you know, so I, I, and especially if they beat Ohio state again, and that seems to be something that's in Ohio state's head at this point, that matchup. And, um, but yeah, I would, I, my sense is, um, if the opportunity's there with the Raiders or whomever, he would probably take it. He's gone. Yeah. Sure. Uh, final thing for you here. Uh, you wrote a column recently. I'm trying to plug all your stuff as much as I can. You know, it's the least I can do. 100 years of Spartan Stadium football. Fantastic. A uh, couple things I noticed. One, no games from 2001 to 2007. I guess like everyone was on vacation during that period of time. I, you know, <laughs> like, hey, Mike Kilimanjaro. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I think there was there was a 2001 game. Wasn't that the game where Duckett caught the caught the pass? That's in there. And I, I guess from you know 2000. Well, between there, I guess I should have yes, said yes, 2007. Yes, yes. Yeah, John L. Black Hole. Yeah, right. I thought about the Bobby Williams game where he, he's you know says. The problem was the game itself wasn't memorable. It was it was Bobby Williams' comment afterwards, so it it, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, it happened in yeah. Spartan Stadium. It could have could have made it just on a technicality there. Um, I am interested though. This will be in its hundredth year, the first year with alcohol in the stadium. Board of Trustees just voted that through. Uh, I heard when the Michigan game got announced as a night game, I thought, no way, no way they're going to do it. This I heard the they're not going to mess the with the variables in that way. Uh, are you surprised that this actually ended up happening as quickly as it did at this university? Yes. I, I thought it would yeah. happen for like conference basketball season. Easier way, mm. easier way to try it, you know, smaller venue, keep things under, you know, easier to get vendors, you know, whatever. And, and by January it's, it's, there's some offerings at Breslin and by next year it's ramped up for, Spartan Stadium. I mean, um, I, they, I know there's a lot of. I, I I just thought it would take longer to get it all in place, given all the contracts and, and vendors and everything they they, they already have. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I, again, if if the idea is that being that selling alcohol doesn't make doesn't lead to a more drunk crowd is 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 often proclaimed, and we'll see, because um, I've been to some NFL games where that does not seem to be the case. Yeah, but, I don't know how examined that that argument is truly, but well, I think the key is the difference is at a lot of colleges where you can get the beer is limited, and the amount you can get mm-hmm. is limited. Whereas an NFL game, it's it's a little different. So if you make it a real pain in the ass to get the beer, then people the, the, the concept is you think when you're out tailgating that I'm going to get more beer in the stadium, so I don't need to keep doing this. But when you actually get there, it's like Look at this line. This is tough. I can only get two anyway. Like it's like it, the whole thing. You just don't want to. It's seventeen dollars. Yeah, right, know, right. Yeah. So the idea is it's difficult. But if it's if it's not difficult, the Michigan game at night though will be a sort of a test of that because a lubricated crowd, <laughs> um, and uh, and I you know I yeah I, I I'm very curious to see how that goes and and they really need a year where there aren't incidents because I, it is it is really important that people feel comfortable bringing families. To that game yeah mm-hmm. a night game at spartan stadium against michigan should not be something you don't think you can bring an eight and ten year old to and if it ever becomes yeah. that you've got a real problem and you need to re-examine everything you're doing and certainly alcohol would have to be out of the picture uh, i usually write better with 
I usually write better with one beer anyway. So I'm hoping that they'll bring those up to the press box, whatever's left at the end. Yeah, is that, is uh, that the trick? You're sort of in that, that golden there's a zone. zone there. So what happens there. is one beer I write quickly, I write efficiently. It's it's good. Four beers, I think I've just written a masterpiece and it sucks. So that's and you just hand that. You're like, don't even pet it past the, the oh, editor. Just, just like so publish this, this is on so the good. site. Just go. Yeah. Best thing <laughs> do not yeah. Yeah. do not even bother. It's Three quick takes are really seven. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Three's misspelled, even though it's a number, you know, those sort of things. <laughs> All right. Well, Graham, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, and hopefully we'll bump into you sometime this fall. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Breck, it is time to get into the Twitter questions, and it seems to me the people are getting feisty for some football. Uh, so let's start it off with Ali, uh, who asks, are you doing a can't-read-can't-write tailgate for the Washington game? Washington game what should I bring? Uh, just bring yourself, Ali. That's all, bring yourself. that's all I've ever wanted. But if you want to bring and a truck bed, like ball. apparently you got in. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, and a truck bed for us to do those shots in. And an adoring public uh, that I can look down upon. Mm-hmm. Just bring all of those things, Holly. Basically recreate last year's Washington game in East Lansing. That's all I ask. <laughs> and you'll be a different person then, because apparently you were social, Kevin, there. <laughs> it only happens a couple times a year. Um, and I've already used my social, Kevin. Uh, I've hit my quota. Uh, last weekend with Plum, so uh, and the rest of the bachelor party. So, uh, not going to happen uh, against the against Washington. Uh, next up from Ali, down. my yes, uh, my buddy and his dad. <laughs> uh, next up from Ali, my buddy and his dad flying with me from Seattle for the Washington game. I want to show them places other than Ricks and PTs. What is your oh. Mount Rushmore of things to do in East Lansing? Uh, well, uh, you turned me on to Dagwoods and, uh, though I suppose that's probably technically over the line. Uh, yeah, that's no longer in East Lansing. That's in Lansing proper at that point. Yeah. Um, what would be, uh, what would be on your, if we had sponsors, this would be the time to talk about them, but, uh, what's on your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, so I think you got to do the rock bar. You got to do the top of the. Yeah. You got to do the uh, the rooftop bar. Um, I I like. You got to choose one. I think of crunchies or the peanut barrel, probably. Um, just for that that different vibe. If tin can, you obviously. Folks, yeah, I was gonna put in a, a word really quick. If you have enough people to do a whole bucket of beer make it crunchies i think is the move and then from there um you could do a tin can if you wanted to i think that sort of with ricks and pts i would kind of lump them together um but uh something in there you know maybe it's maybe it's the roof at el azteco not Mm. for food menu but maybe for margs go daytime daytime you think Yes, yes, that might be the time to do it. They might be like, after the rooftop at the Graduate Hotel, they might be like, what's with all the rooftops? Why are we <laughs> going back to more rooftops? Um, so maybe that's the move instead. Um, 
Yeah, uh, and then what was the? Maybe this is also slightly outside of city limits. What was the brewery that we went to? Uh, that's west. Oh, or uh, that's east. Yeah, Sorry, Ellison. East. Oh yeah. yeah, go to Ellison for sure. Um, or if you want to go into Lansing, go to Ozone. Go to Sleepwalker. Uh, there's several. But yeah, uh, I think if if you're looking for places to go, otherwise, I don't. Uh, I mean, I think. Uh, if your buddy is not uh, a, a Spartan, then like walk along the river, do all of that stuff, show campus off. Cause we have a beautiful campus. Um, last up from Ali, uh, as much as I'm him for Kim, the vibes feel like it's Hauser's job thoughts. Mm. Well, I think we just covered this with uh, yeah. the Lansing state journals, uh, you know, finest, finest columnist. Um, but uh, we'll see. Will it'll be interesting, and you know, quarterback competitions always really good for the team and for wins. Uh, that's been my experience. Every time there's a transition year, it goes just as you would hope. Uh, so lots to look forward to there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, Mike Jones asks, uh, "When's the tailgate going to be? I need to make sure I have those tickets." Uh. This is we your. Don't, this is your whole thing. Yeah. Uh, hoping the Washington game. We'll put it at that. But uh, the there. I think it might be. It's. I think it's more certain there will be a basketball tailgate than anything else. Interesting. More I'm, certain that there will be a basketball tailgate. Okay. I am for sure coming out for a basketball game. So. Um, okay. But anyway. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, how ironic is it that two of the biggest question marks and possibly most impactful players we know nothing about both have the last name Kim, uh, obviously Noah Kim, and then the new kicker, Jonathan Kim, mm-hmm. uh, which Mel Tucker's uh, maybe favorite player on the team right now. I don't know. I, I just hear the kicking is going to be so improved from last year. This is ironic in an Alanis Morissette sort of way, though. I mean, this is just a, a bit more of a coincidence than anything else. <laughs> Next up is Dan Hellpepper. Best candidate this year for Connor Hayward transition from unfairly hated playing a role he's not suited for to beloved playing the right role. Um, I don't know that we have any real position transitions like that to speak of. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's a question though, but maybe unfairly maligned because he's asked to do things that he, I, I, I'm hopeful someone on the lines, maybe that got moved around. Yeah, sure. Uh, Or just had a chance to grow a bit more. Uh, I also think Malik Carr, they seem to be doing a lot of hyping of Malik Carr this year. And it kind of felt like, Hey, we heard he's good. When's that gonna happen? Um, so maybe we see see some more Malik Carr. Um, I don't know. Uh, good question. Next from Dan Hellpepper Grek. It's one thing to have a Michigan fan on and be cordial, but how do you justify letting him say, "quote I can't believe what just came out of my mouth." End quote. Go past during the homoerotic joshing portion of the program. We had already checked that box with the Johnson joke. So it was like, do you want to go back, you know, over that 
that ground and retread it. Um, Feels like you're treading on we try keep... territory at that point in time. Yeah, we get only so many punches at the card with Plum on any given week. You got to be judicious with those. Yeah. Um, and also, this, you know, Dan, as you know, this is not a podcast that reuses comedy material. You know, it's <laughs> new, fresh jokes every week for a new audience to participate in and enjoy in the it's moment. Def- we definitely are not excluding anybody. Uh, if you no, weren't listening a hundred no, episodes definitely, ago, definitely not a high, uh, you know, learning curve with this what, podcast hey? at all. No. Next up, Dan Hellpepper asks, "What MSU QB would you want to lead a game-winning winning drive with your life in the balance? Do they have to be active? Because if not, Connor Cook is the answer. Um, but mm. active." Noah Kim has not lost a lot of games. I'll say that. I think he's lost two. Yeah. Like. Yeah. He's also not played a lot of games. So. No, no. Uh, I mean, high school, he was like 41 oh, and two. Or his entire life. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, we but have that, nothing that to go on. Happens. Yeah. That, that tends to be the case, though, with guys that turn out to be, you know, college quarterbacks. They tend to win a lot in high school. Um, it's just sort of a thing, but I don't know what Kaden Hauser's high school record was. Well, his is complicated, right? Because he wasn't even necessarily the starter a lot of the time. So yeah, it's a good, maybe it's a good point, Michael. I never should have doubted you for a moment. Lesson learned. Uh, next up from, uh, Susan, uh, the Mamapa Leaf is here. Uh, it's time to start thinking about what will go hand in hand with those beers at the stadium. Gravy, ketchup, or vinegar on your chips, a.k.a. fries. If it's coming from a stadium, I'm just going to go with ketchup. Yeah. Can you imagine being like, hello, Spartan Stadium concessions. Where's your vinegar for my yeah. chips, please? Well, vinegar, please. I-, I saw it at a Five Guys once. Uh this would be a great way if you were feeling crowded by your neighbors at Spartan Stadium, if it, like they weren't giving you enough spa- space and you didn't want to confront them about that. You could go to the concession stand, get fries with vinegar, return to your seats, and no one's going to want to be around <laughs> you anymore. So um, that's one solution to that problem. Um, that, you know, little pro tip for the podcast here. Little pro tip. Uh, next, next up from Mamapoli. After you, sir. Uh, let there be, let there be peace on earth. Uh, what could each of you, and most likely that's only two of you this week. Oh wow, <laughs> prophetic! Called her shot on this one. Say in a positive manure about last week's maze and blue guest. Uh, what? Are, where was the kumbaya moment for you? Uh, I'll say this, uh, Dan seems very nice and pleasant and, uh, enjoyed Mm -hmm. speaking with him, uh, generally. And if he didn't make the terrible life decisions he did, I could see being friends with him in another life, but, um, yeah, you know, he's still who he is and he's self-aware about it. Yeah. 
but he was very nice. Was, even before we rolled, you know, we were talking about personal things. He asked how we were all doing on the pod. He asked how my wife's boyfriend is doing. It was all, you know, very cordial, as you yeah. as you say here. Uh, next up from the Mop Belief, uh, let's follow the total football tactic and begin with a focus on conditioning. Does Jason Novak's efforts need to show success by end of the first game, or will you evaluate his coaching program game by game and player by player? Um, Mamopoli, if I, I don't, I, I, it seems to me that Jason Novak has been a resounding success here. Uh, we saw it during the Kenneth Walker season when they were playing against Miami, the combination of strength and conditioning and nutrition. Uh, he seems wildly respected by the team. Players getting hurt don't really seem to be on him uh, in any meaningful way. And we've we've seen positive body transformations out of the players. Like, I, I don't know. It, and if there was lack of conditioning last year, I think it's because dudes on the defensive line aren't meant, made to play every single snap. So, <laughs> like, there's a reason they wanted to be 300 pounds and rotate off. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a lot. Uh, that said, first night of the season, it is a night game, so we'll be keeping an eye out for any yawning on the sidelines, those types of behaviors. Do you think they sleep banked? Anyone looks like they need a nap. What's that? Do you think they sleep banked like they did before the Washington game? Oh, God. Yes. I still don't understand the map on that. I'm, I'd still <laughs> need someone. Maybe we blame Jason Novak for that whole idea. It does feel like something that someone told to someone and they're like, yeah, okay, if you say so. And then they just did it. Okay, if that's what this says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, Tyrone Couch asks, an eight-year-old has bragged for a year that Auburn beat MSU in 19 mother horsting 38. I tried to use the hand-me-down QB line. His response was that we had a Chinese QB and they don't even believe in Jesus, so he will lose. Never argue with a second grader. Also, Kim is Korean, you ninny hammer. Oh, yeah. Also, call that kid's parents. That's a problem. Yeah, I'm really worried about what's happening at home here. Um, But at the same time, impressed by the knowledge of the roster uh, of this um, eight-year-old. Racist eight-year-old. Yes! (laughs) Oh. So, uh, interesting i don't know where you find these people tyrone (laughs) yeah if you're gonna have me read these things i really hope that this is a real thing that happened it is definitely not next up from tyrone couch two my tweets or x's in this case xxx's are usually a text pasted to an x now you know also bring back washable pop and milk bottles polycarbohydrates can leach into our foods my schizophrenic aunt says so i'm not so sure it's enough to quote eradicate the entire democratic party (laughs) Mm, tyrone you need to move my man you need to move last (laughs) and get a new phone number last from tyrone rant of the week football tv contracts they are insane should games even be on tv since there are only fans at the game Get it? 
that's that's decent tyrone sorry also f that kid korean but for a second grader he is on his smack game i make quite a bit more than his dad too enjoy writing in that oh three win star wow tyrone just uh, it's so well illustrated these stories like i can picture all of these things the oh three win star is a nice touch Mm-hmm. I think the O three 3 Windstar only had the sliding door on one side. I think we were still in that territory for Vance. Mm. Um, so this kid, while he's uh, shouting these racially charged uh, insults about the MSU football team, probably has to walk all the way around the O three 3 Windstar to get, actually get into the van. Um, and then presumably that sliding door falls off as well as he opens it. Uh Next up, the Keatsky. Why didn't winning your Twitter question thing feel better? I think you should feel proud that it felt it made you feel nothing, Keith. Uh, because that means you don't need validation from silly competitions. It's a real dog catching the squirrel situation. Like truly, I think all of our winners have communicated this to us. Of like, what is there now to conquer? You know. Mm. Um, I think if there's an emptiness that comes with it once you've once you've been on the mountain there. That's a um, fair point. And the, I, so maybe we should start a Twitter question winning support group for for these folks to kind of help each other through this process as they try to navigate life post win. Um, maybe that's maybe the least that we can do. Rank the worst people. You know, just just say you you win at being the worst at it, and maybe that will motivate have, them to do better. There's a few names that come immediately to mind, though, that might make this competition totally unfair, and they know who that is. I'm referring to. <laughs> uh, next up from the Keatsky, power washing is the best. Argue, <laughs> just argue. <laughs> I think this goes back to Kiski having nothing else to do in life anymore is that he's, he takes such a joy from power washing. Yeah. Uh, Further demonstrates that point. <laughs> and last from the Kiski. I will say it's, oh, God. It, it's the most satisfying probably of all of the chores. Like yes. mowing the lawn is fairly satisfying when you stand back and you look at your domain, but a power wash, it, it's much faster. Um, an instant gratification as well with the passes, and not it's so, not going to come back as immediately as mowing the lawn. You know, you're going to have to be back out there next right. week mowing that lawn. Um, last up from Kiski, better achievement: paying for your kid's college or no mortgage by forty-five. Greg. Mm. Speaking of, this actually relates to your first point, uh, Kiski. I'm. Have chatted with a few people that have paid off their mortgage way early like this, and have felt like I thought it would. I thought it would feel different. Um, so maybe don't chase that dragon. Maybe chase the the college fund dragon um, that I think might be more fulfilling both for you and for your kin. So that might be the move on that. Uh, also, if you listen to this podcast and you locked in a rate with Brandon Sands at 2.5 or whatever percent, um, keep that. That is free money forever. Do not pay that down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Uh, next up, Thomas Zambiasi. The Big Ten uh, season preview liked the special teams practice a lot at MSU. Will we get a Ross L's redemption arc this year? I don't. Hmm. I doubt I it. I mean, is there? I mean, this would be maybe the all-time greatest redemption arc in Spartan sports history. Is there anything that even closely relates to that? Um, I, I also don't know that as a special teams coordinator, if on kickoff you uh, you kick it into the end zone, that was successful. In like special team in in field goal kicking, did it go through the uprights? Great. Do you have an incredible punter like Bryce Berenger? Gonna take care of a lot of the work for you. Like, I don't know that there's a ton that successful special teams will get Ross L's credit for. Um, mm. I don't know that he can ever is- be redeemed. <laughs> There can be no redemption for you, Ross Ells. Um, maybe this kind of gets back to our earlier point when we had Grandma. Um, maybe if the Big Ten Network is heavily featuring special teams, maybe that's an indication that there's absolutely nothing to be concerned about and it's going to be a really good year. <laughs> Uh, next up from Thomas Zambiasi, how and when will we know whether the less contact practices have been successful? Um, I have some bad news. It seems yeah, there's it been some like injuries. We know that they're not. Uh, also, there was a very intoxicated small elvish man running around Detroit uh, this weekend uh, talking about the video on Twitter of the uh, – quarterbacks participating in hitting oh. drills um didn't get to talk about this with graham it was on the list but um that that gentleman who appeared most unhinged uh <laughs> did not like those videos at all and wanted to talk to them at length you talk about them at length even with those that had not seen them or no interest in them at all he would it not was triggering it was triggering and you need to have a plan <laughs> and you need to have people to talk to Last up from Thomas Zambiasi, Greg, what is your favorite kind of plant? It's a mum, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I thought we were going to keep our our street cred and go straight to hemp. 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 Faye? Uh, <laughs> no, you actually have an answer to this, so this should be you. Go I on. actually don't. Just uh, I, save I don't. boring stuff for the next five minutes. Rhododendron, azalea. <laughs> All right, next up is Spartan 18770. I like all plants, Thomas. They all clean the earth. Uh, one, if MSU had a lockdown corner opposite Trey Waynes in 2014, would that have been their first appearance in the college football playoff? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't. Who was it opposite? Trey Waynes in 2014. Um, um, that would have been... I'm doing a really... This is really, really good. It, it wasn't... 
It was, was it Darian Hicks? Was it Darian Hicks? Hold on. Hold on. It was that or Monte Nicholson? Yeah. Yep. Or Calhoun or something. Yeah. Uh, which tells you that maybe, maybe. Uh, next up from Smartin18770, are we surprised it's a, that Harry... It's a really good question. Too bad we weren't recording back then to go back and look at what we were talking about at the time. Uh, we'll just go through our text messages from 2014. Uh, next up is, are we surprised that Harold Joyner is still on the team? Yeah, I forgot he existed. So yes, yes. We but are he surprised. can't go anywhere because he's already used his transfer. So he would have to sit out another year. And so what you going to do? Is he, I, I know it's not exactly the same thing, but would he be maybe your best uh, candidate for a counter Hayward transition to yeah. more like H-backy Truth- type of role? Truthfully, I forgot his name, uh, but he's playing linebacker <laughs> now. So. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he uh, looks like one. So I guess that, that kind of makes sense. Uh, next oh, up, we sport- missed the question. This is yeah. for Graham. Uh, we, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll shoot that to him in the DMS and, and just let him know he needs to take accountability for a snowblower. Uh, next up, upper deck jerk guy asks, what's been the worst moment on the pod? Well, it was that story last week. Oh. <laughs> There's just recurring worst moments. Um, every week when we accept questions from the upper deck jerk guy. Ew. <laughs> Oh, other than the story line, do you have something for this? Something has been like, oh god, this is. Let's never go back to that. Uh, yes, but we won't talk about it here. Uh, next up, the upper deck jerk guy <laughs> is Grooch really this dumb, or is he just playing a role? I mean, clearly I am upper deck jerk guy. If I come back and subject myself to this over and over and over again, I'm clearly, truly not a smart man. Uh, And finally, is Jonesy still licensed as an attorney? Can he work in Michigan as a defense attorney? Asking for a friend, of course. I cannot be your defense attorney. I'm so sorry. So, so sorry. You didn't bar here at any point, correct? I did not. No. No. So, uh, I think maybe it's gotten better, but back in the day, uh, PA used to have terrible reciprocity. So, um, Hmm. they just, they wouldn't give other states reciprocity, so states wouldn't give them reciprocity in. Um, So, I couldn't even wave into Michigan if I wanted to. Wow. But maybe that's changed. Wow. Uh, Next up, uh, Zanjo, formerly known as Go MSU Butt Boy 69, because uh, I won't let that nibble die. Uh, is it just me, or does it? Us. Is it just me, or does it feel like the 
previous five-ish times this happened, uh, uh, that with the way everyone is burying MSU and crowning Michigan, this is going to be a good MSU year and a win over U of M. I don't think this is a bad take. Yeah, as they say on the internet, subscribe uh, yep. to this. Um, it's a good point. Like, truly, this is the cycle. The The problem the, is... The britches have gotten point, The wheel does... Yeah, the wheel does break occasion, at a certain point. And... Uh, mm, mm. Dude, I mean... I think I think a win over Michigan is very, very in the cards. I think it can absolutely be done. Um, maybe not. We'll see where, where we are. But right now, I feel confident about that game. Um, but uh, it would be great this if this played out again. It's like the old – you could always run – um, you could always do an article back in the day about like, hey, did you know that U of M is basically just always favored over MSU no matter what? Um, or almost always rated above MSU when they played the game. You know, those D'Antonio years that happened over and over and over again. And it's happened a couple since then as well with Tuck. So um, I'm on board, Zanjo. I'm on board. Uh, next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Am I going to see you gals at the Richmond game? I bought my ticket. Uh, yeah. I won't be there, but I'm sure uh, Greg will tweet out his address a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> it'll just show up on the Can't Read, Can't Write Twitter. Who knows where it'll come from. Um, next up from Mr. Rodic Pants, uh, at Plum Alex, not here, unfortunately. Are gay bachelor parties any different than the hetero experience can't um, answer this <laughs> we don't need plum alex was how a, was your experience i don't think we've directly talked about it um it was a wonderful time of debauchery uh in the sense that um it was active and got to meet a lot of new people. Um, Greg and I, I, I do like that Plum kept asking, who are the straight people here? Um, and then forgetting usually one of us uh, in his listening. Um, but there was a, a, a straight table at one point in time at the barbecue that was like the kids table. Um, that was, that was fun. Uh, no, I, uh, I, we went, what did we, we, drank a lot and then went tubing and drank some more. Yeah. Like it was a bachelor party. It was a great time. It definitely was. So, yes, I don't know. It, it was in the end, it was a bachelor party. One of the things that I always like about these types of situations is when you get to meet new people yeah. and you're like, Oh, they're like, of course I just hit it right off with these people. Like that's just, the people that are friends with your friends, it's amazing how kind of water finds its level. Uh, yeah, there's like a that. thread that runs um, through you in some capacity. You can find the Venn diagram that that ties you to to the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's fun. Yeah, we had a great time. It's always fun experiencing that. Next up from Joe Ashworth. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Finally, from Mister Neurotic Pants. This week, 
Mel Tucker announces a not yet uh, Mel Tucker a announces yet a not yet agreement with the NCAA that will allow him to play secondary for the Spartans. A newly ripped Tucker makes a WWE appearance, hoping to boost the program profile. He's busy this week. Mel's got a lot going on this week. He's suiting up in more than one place. (laughs) And I want to know how he got jacked so fast. Uh, uh, Definitely some PEDs. Uh, Next up, Joe Ashworth. Which QB has more TD passes for Central, regardless of who starts? Um, This this is a fun question, actually. It is fun. I'm going to build off of what Graham said earlier. I'm guessing that Noah Kim's going to get the initial start and kind of put the initial points on the board um, and probably end up just kind of scoring more touchdowns as a virtue of that. What do you think? Yeah, and I think in particular that if if Graham's theory is right, which actually I like the idea that there's some scripted drives for Katen Hauser, um, that, that seems to make some sense to me, then if there's scripted drives, it's a lot less likely that he's going to get additional opportunities versus sort of like the team ran up the point total on central and then the second stream people come in and he runs it up yeah. some more. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think Kim is, is the right answer. Uh, next up from Joe Ashworth, uh, does the current coaching staff stay intact through the season? And no, it depends, BS. I'm looking for a prediction. Through the season, I'm, I'm going to go yes. Ooh. Yeah. I think Mel Tucker's already demonstrated that he's not interested in firing coaches you, in the middle. You'd have to really have a good reason to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I'll say this. Also... If there's something for morality reasons that a coach ends up losing their job, then that would be, uh, we're not putting it in there, but for performance related related reasons, I suspect the, uh, the staff stays intact. You're saying conduct outside of the football field is the asterisk on this. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, you could, if you Pat Fitzgerald it, right. Like that would be, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we want to say that's on the football Mm -hmm. field or not, but yeah. Also, firing coaches tends to be something that happens to head coaches on the hot seat. And I don't think Mel Tucker thinks he's on the hot seat quite yet. So, yeah. Uh, Finally, from Joe Ashworth, one has to go. Verner's, Detroit-style pizza, Coney's, or Mackinac Island fudge? The fudge. The fudge would be, wow, so you're a savored boy. Yeah. Oh, I guess Verner's is also sweet. But, um... You had you had a Coney this weekend. You had a, we had I had a couple of three them. Coney's, my friend. Three Coney's. Because <laughs> I was drunk. No Detroit style pizza, though. No, um, that would have been. I would have. That would have been better. Yeah. Um. Man, this is tough. I. I think I might separate from the Coney's, but I'm not thrilled about it. I'm not happy about it, but I, I'm not willing to separate from Verner's. I love Detroit style pizza too much. And then of those last two, I'm going to, I might go Coney's, but I'm right. awful about it. I'm sick about this. 
Finally, from MC Hammer Legos, Jonesy, uh, who's going to talk Plum off the edge when he has pre-wedding jitters? It's his fiance, because they're great together. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is exactly. He's not putting up with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Greg, this has been fun. Uh, thanks again to Graham Couch for joining us. And uh, to you, Kevin, to all of our listeners, go green. Go white. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.